Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts as well as the videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is one that is listed in the guidebook for you guys to listen to if you want to hear some fun stories about the roads you'll be driving on getting to the one-day adventure you chose out of the guidebook. And if you're listening to this podcast, which is Old Faithful down to the south gate of Yellowstone Park, then you have picked the Grand Tetons chapter out of the guidebook, and that is where you're going on your one-day adventure today to explore the Grand Tetons. And this podcast covers the section of road as if you're driving from West Yellowstone down to there. And there's not a lot to see on this road. So we're going to cover the long drive all the way from Old Faithful all the way down to the South Gate. And then another podcast will pick up there. But just remember, these podcasts are just a little icing on the cake to tell some fun stories about the roads you're driving on getting to your one-day adventure out of the guidebook. So... The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So, if you guys are thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want to hear some more information first, simply listen to my podcast, Introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, or you can watch the YouTube video of the same name, and there you will hear of my family's over 100-year history in the park and how I am one of the foremost authorities in Yellowstone Park, and how easy the guidebook is to use, giving you step-by-step instructions so you can self-guide your family through the park, and how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone down into manageable bites that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day, and it basically takes all day to go see the Grand Tetons. The Tetons are just a one-day adventure on your entire Yellowstone vacation. So, and in the planning your Yellowstone vacation, chapter, the guidebook helps you save time by beating all the crowds to the top sites and how to save thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast Join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time with the help of the guidebook. When you do decide to get a guidebook, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for 25 bucks. and I write a personal note to everyone who buys one of those, and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker as well. And there's some combo deals on there that are very popular, so you can save a little jack. And we have a nice new store on there where you guys can get some Explore Yellowstone hats and t-shirts and some swag like that that are very popular. And take note that the guidebook is 20% longer than it was in 2023, so you got a lot more fun stuff to pick out of there. And be aware that we only print off a thousand paperback copies every year and we ran out last year on August 10th and with our growing popularity we will run out before that obviously and we're just trying to do our part to help save the environment not use trees and all that yada yada 
you are driving through two national parks today, albeit so. Just trying to do our part right there. And so, like I said at the start of this podcast, this is a driving tour from Old Faithful down to the South Gate, and then basically you're getting into Grand Teton. And then the you know once you get to the Grand Tetons, the guidebook tells you where to go first, second, third, gets you to all the best viewing areas for that. Tells you a great secret place to park. So you don't have to park way out in the crowds by Jenny Lake, and you know a lot a lot of advantages to getting the guidebook, a lot of stuff that's not in these podcasts, all of the fun stuff's in the guidebook for you guys. So, all right, so let's get started with Old Faithful all the way down to the South Gate, and uh, I'm going to throw in some fun stories for you guys to listen to as you guys drive along. Once you leave the Old Faithful Junction right there, the first thing you're going to see in about a mile is the uh, Kepler Cascades turnoff. And, I mean, this place is about a three or four on a scale of 10. So it's really not worth stopping at. If you, unless you guys are trying to just kill some time on the way to Jackson Hole, then pull over there and take a picture of the Kepler Cascades. If not, don't worry about it. At the south end of this parking lot is the parking lot for the Lone Star Geyser Trail. And this is a nice place to ride bikes. It's an old asphalt road. And it's kind of broken up here in spots, but Lone Star Geyser is pretty cool. You can get the predicted eruption times for it back at the Old Faithful Visitor Center. And then the Lone Star Geyser Trail swings down to the Shoshone Geyser Basin, which is absolutely top-notch. It's a backcountry geyser basin. But again, I'm not going to get into the hiking parts in this, this podcast, but all of that is in the guidebook and the hiking section of the guidebook. As you continue along, you'll come past the divide trailhead on your right. And the Divide Trailhead is just absolutely awful. There's nothing to see except trees. You're just walking through the trees. You can hardly see anywhere. Uh, however, there is a kind of a bear mauling story I want to share with you guys because there's not much to talk about on this podcast. So I'm going to share a bear mauling story of a little boy uh, along this Divide Trail uh, here with you guys. Happened in 2019-ish, 2018-ish, right through there. And what this family had done, they had uh, decided to go hiking in Yellowstone Park. And they decided to pick this divide trail, which is, I mean, literally just walking through the trees. You just... I mean, this is exactly where I am not going to send you guys to go hiking in the hiking chapter. The dad had fortunately bought some bear spray at the old faithful area back there. And so they go to the... I guess this trail, they're going to go hiking through the woods. Well, they're out there getting everything ready in the car, and the two boys, I guess one of them's eight and one of them's 11 or 12, they just take off running down the trail. And the parents are over here getting everything ready. So the two boys run around a corner, going 100 yards past the car or whatever, and they run across a bear with cubs. And that is just exactly to the letter T what you don't want to see. Well, and that bear, mother bear yells at that cub to climb a tree, and she goes and takes off after those boys and catches the older one and drops him to the ground. And the younger boy runs back screaming that their parents, who are still back at the car getting stuff ready, bear is attacking their, his, his older brother. So the dad runs back through there and screaming and has the bear spray ready to go and all that. And this bear has got this kid down on the ground getting ready to just pound on him. The dad runs in there and squirts the bear with the bear spray and all that. And that bear spray is works about, I think, about half the time. I mean, if a bear is going to get you and wants to get you, that bear spray is just no deterrent. 
But they scared the bear off. You know, maybe the cub came down and the, and the mother wanted to protect the cub. Who knows what? But anyway, the father saves this boy from getting mauled by this bear and with the bear spray. And they, they come back to the car. They go back to the old faithful infirmary. And, and luckily, a miracle that kid had very little injuries at all. I mean, another 15 seconds. This story could have turned out a lot, lot worse. The moral of the story is, is don't let your kids go taken off out of your sight, for starters. And especially out in the bear country of, of Yellowstone Park. I mean, there's bear, you can see a bear anywhere in Yellowstone Park. They're mainly up on the North Loop, but obviously this story tells you you can see a bear anywhere in Yellowstone. Don't let your kids get away from you on a trail, or at least out of sight. And when you go around a corner and you're hiking in dense trees, you got to always make noise. You got to talk. You got to go, who bear, who bear, and all that stuff. And, and remember, I am never going to send you walking on a trail, just walking through the trees. There is some fabulous stuff to see in Yellowstone Park. And all my hikes that I've got listed in the guidebook get you to those fabulous things, to a geyser or a hot pool or a big waterfall or something like that. I'm going to go to a destination. I am never going to send you guys walking through the trees, I promise you. So continuing down the road, you're going to go about six or eight miles. And the first thing you're going to come to that is worth seeing is ice. A lake. And Isa Lake is gorgeous. It is a small little lily pad covered lake. The road goes right over it on this old rickety old wooden bridge. It's really kind of cool. You don't really need to stop here unless you want to. But this is the only lake in the United States that feeds both the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans because it sits right on top of the Continental Divide. If, it, if it's raining really good outside or has rained recently, you can go over to one side and see it trickle down one way and the other side and see it trickle down the other. I mean, I've seen people up there trying to, oh, at the very crest, I've seen a guy with his pants down trying to pee right on it to get his pee to go one side to the other down through there. So don't do that, of course, but I have seen that more than once at that little Isa Lake. Isa Lake was one of my mother's favorite things in the park when she was still alive. So and I'm pretty sure I'd know how she felt about somebody having their pants down trying to be on the road right there as well. All right, on down the road a little bit is the DeLacy Creek Trailhead. And DeLacy Tre Creek Trailhead's just so-so. It is, however, the closest trailhead to the road or a road that gets you down to the Shoshone Lake. And it's nice that's down there. You can go to Shoshone Lake and camp out on the shores and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's just walking through the trees to get to the lake. Shoshone Lake's best seen by a sea kayak. If you can get a sea kayak, you can launch it on Lewis Lake and come up through the Lewis Lake Channel and get through there. But I cover that in the boating chapter in the guidebook. Anyway, you're going to continue on, basically heading southeast, and you're going to cross over the Continental Divide a few more times. The road is going to be bopping down through here, and uh, it's a great place to pass people if you're behind a big motorhome. There's a lot of long straightaways after you get down the hill from DeLacy Creek all the way down to West Thumb. However, as you get closer to West Thumb, You'll notice on your left side of the road, before the road starts dropping down towards Yellowstone Lake, keep your eye open on the left for a, a lot of knotty pine trees. And this is the knotty pine tree forest where they harvested all of the knotty pine for all the buildings in the park, like the Old Fateful Inn and the Hamilton Stores, which has knotty pine just galore in it. This little area right here is where they harvested all that, and there's still a ton of it. I don't know why it's just in this one little area. God, it's about as big as a football field, but I'm sure it goes back into the trees a little bit. This is the only place in the park where you can see a big forest of knotty pine. 
All right, on the way down the hill, you're going to start dropping down to the left, and then the, the road will swing back quickly to the right. And there is a nice picture spot on your right when you first see the west thumb of Yellowstone Lake appear on your left. You can pull over here, and this is a really, really good picture spot. There's not many picture spots along this section of the road. However, this is one of the best. When you pull over right here, you're looking basically due east towards the west thumb of Yellowstone Lake. And I'm not talking about the little tiny duck pond. That's called Duck Lake right below the road down here. I'm talking about the huge body of water that's about eight miles across and about six miles deep out in front of you, which is the west thumb portion of Yellowstone Lake. A great picture shot with the Absorca Range back off in the distance over there. You can see the mountain ranges that used to occupy all of Yellowstone Park when you see the Absorcas back over there on the east side. And there are two things to kind of notice from this spot. The first is, is you're kind of standing in the middle of the park, say from east to west, and you can see how far off that Absorca range is off the distance, and it kind of gives you an idea just how big Yellowstone Park really is. It's hard to grasp how big Yellowstone is because there's not a lot of big peaks around, and you know, the middle of it's flat where the caldera is and everything. Plus, there's a great story in the guidebook uh, I tell about Pumice Point, and Pumice Point is kind of the remnants of what happened here at the West Thumb area, the West Thumb portion of the lake. You can kind of look at the map of Yellowstone Park that's in the back of the guidebook, but there's a great story. Everybody just loves Pumice Point after they kind of read that story about what happened and how the West Thumb portion of the lake was created, and you can see all of that at Pumice Point, but you can get a great view of the West Thumb up here. All right, moving on down the hill, and you'll quickly come to the West Thumb Junction. It's kind of a T intersection down there. And remember, I covered West Thumb in, in the guidebook, and West Thumb's a two out of a 10, you guys. It's, it's kind of a dud. And, uh, you know, we're kind of working our way south to go down to the Grand Tetons. I mean, the Grand Tetons are a 10. And, uh, you know, not to be missed on any trip to Yellowstone Park. And West Thumb's, you know, just a dud. So, And then another quarter mile down the road, you'll see a turnoff for your left for uh, Grant Village and the Grant Village Marina. There is absolutely nothing to see at Grant Village. However, if anybody needs to use the bathroom or you need to get some gas or something like that, you can pull in there and do that. But as far as that, there is nothing to see at Grant Village. All right, so keep going on south and you're gonna be rolling right towards the south entry gate and the Tetons. You'll pass a few trailheads to Riddle Lake on the left and then Dog's Head, which goes up to the Shoshone Lake. And then the Heart Lake Trail. That Heart Lake Trail is pretty cool. There's a lot of guys will come up from Jackson Hole and they'll stop at that Heart Lake Trailhead and they'll run that down to Heart Lake and back for exercise. They're kind of running down the trail. You'd be either walking along with your kids or something. It's a really wide trail. It's an old Jeep road. They used to be drive cars down through there. And uh, but they'll come woo hooping and all, yeah, all this kind of stuff, screaming and yelling. And then you know it's like you think they're a bear's chasing them, like five grizzly bears were after them or something. But they're just running down through there for exercise and then they run back. They get down to the water and mess around and then they run back to their cars and they go back down to Jackson Hole. So uh, it's a kind of interesting story about that Heart Lake Trail. My dad, back in the day, I guess you could drive a car down through there on that Jeep road. It's kind of like the, the Jeep road that used to go around Bunsen Peak and it's still there. I mean, I drove my mother's Cadillac Eldorado around that thing a couple of times back when I was in high school. But I guess you used to be able to bring a car down through here to Heart Lake. And my dad came down there with a boat and a 
motor and a gas tank and all this stuff. But the Heart Lake Trail is really cool. It's really pretty. Heart Lake's gorgeous, and you can see some backcountry geyser basins down there and everything. But uh, I cover everything in Heart Lake about the distances and who it's suitable for and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you can day hike it, overnight hike it. All of that information you need to know, the campsites you want and everything, is listed in the guidebook for you guys in the hiking chapter. And in a couple of minutes, Lewis Lake will pop up on your right, and the road goes right by Lewis Lake. Lewis Lake's a gorgeous lake. When I drive up through Lewis Lake area in uh, early May, I'm telling you what, Lewis Lake is still frozen solid. I mean, you could drive a car out there on that stupid thing and go ice fishing. Lewis Lake is just still frozen solid. So is Shoshone, and so is most of Yellowstone Lake. And the par park opens that third week in April. But I'm telling you, up till about May 15th, Lewis Lake can still be frozen like a sheet of ice. You guys may be coming from Florida or wherever in Southern California thinking you're going to go to a Yellowstone Park in week in May or the last week in April and go, I'm going to beat all the cars and everything. Oh, you're going to beat all the cars because the whole thing's going to be snowed in and nobody's going to be out there freezing their butts off with you watching Old Faithful go off. So, But uh, Lewis Lake is gorgeous. Really, really, really pretty. There's no reason to stop. If you see a pullout, you want to take a picture, do that. But however, Lewis Lake is the launching point. If you want to, this is one of the coolest things I've ever done in the park. It takes two full days at least, plus you got to get the boats. If you want a boat across Lewis Lake, and then or kayak, you need a sea kayak is what you need to, so you can get through the water faster. You can go through Lewis Lake, and the Lewis River Channel goes up about four or five miles and connects with Shoshone Lake. And they're only about 10 feet of difference in elevation. So you can basically paddle through this Lewis Channel up to Shoshone Lake and then get on Shoshone Lake and go paddle around Shoshone Lake, camp out on the lake somewhere, go over to the Shoshone Geyser Basin and all that stuff. It is absolutely top-notch. That is a wonderful, wonderful way to spend a, a few days out kayaking on the lakes in Yellowstone Park. Make sure it's warm and make sure you've got some good gear and make sure you have a sea kayak. You need to be able to get through the waters of Lewis Lake, especially in the wind comes up from the south. Trust me, I have come out of that Lewis Channel in a, in a good kayak with my uh, ex-wife, and we got out there on Lewis Lake, and I mean, I marked a spot on shore. We were paddling hard because we had launched all the way down at the Lewis Docks, which are at the very, very south end of the lake, so we had to cross all the way across Lewis Lake. And I marked a spot on shore, and I marked my watch, and we paddled for 10 minutes, and we didn't move an inch. And the waves were busting over the front of the kayak, and, I mean, we didn't move an inch. And so we abandoned ship trying to go south. We went along the north shore up there and stayed along the shore because of the waves, in case we tipped over, coming in our side. And we had a lot of water in the boat, but we eventually made it around over there, and then we got to the road, and then we hitchhiked down to get the car and then came back and picked up all our equipment. Well, that was a successful adventure on Lewis Lake. So let me, guy, let me tell you guys about a rather unsuccessful adventure on Lewis Lake. And again, you guys, there's not much to see along this section of road, so I'm throwing in these stupid stories about all this stuff along through here. This rather unsuccessful adventure on Lewis Lake and up the channel and into Shoshone Lake was with my good buddy, Stan. Uh, Stan and I had planned this 
kayak trip across Lewis and the Lewis Channel up into Shoshone and had a backcountry campsite reserved and all that. And so we were renting our sea kayaks from Dornan's down in front of the Tetons down by Moose Village. And Dornan's is a registered park concessionaire and the whole nine yards and everything else. So we get up really early, go to Dornan's, and we go in there, and, and there's the sea kayak sitting out there. However, I looked on there, and they didn't have the stickers on them. And I, they, I go, hey, man, those have got to have you know park stickers on them for Yellowstone National Park, or they're not going to let us take them. And the guy goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. They know they've fallen off. And he goes, look, he showed me, and the, and the, the surface of these big, long sea kayaks was really rough. It looked like termites had eaten through it, but it was just the way it was designed. You know, they were big fiberglass sea kayaks. They were really, really nice. And a rudder on the back and the whole nine yards. All right, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, if they have any questions, just show them your receipt. So I said, okay, all right, all right. So we strapped him down the hood of our car and, and drove back up to Lewis Lake, and we launched over there. About halfway up Lewis Lake, we found a good place to launch on the right off the road right there as the road came down through. I said, let's just launch from here and take off across the lake. So we get all our stuff packed, and Dan and I, we got our life jackets on from our whitewater rafting adventures, and you know we take off across the lake, and we get all the way across the lake, and we get right to the headwater of the Lewis Channel right there. And there's a big beach right there. And this uh, ranger pulls up in a boat, you know, Yellowstone Park Ranger. Uh, he goes, you Mr. Garland, all that? Because they know if you've got a campsite reserved. They know if you. I said, yeah, that's us. Yeah, man. And he goes, all right. He goes, the problem is those boats don't have uh, stickers on them. And I said, I know. I told him the whole story, showed him the receipt, everything else. And he goes, I can't let you guys proceed. And I said, why not? And he goes, because your boats don't have stickers on them. I said, I, I told you the whole story, Dad. I said, I told you everything there was. I said, you can radio to back to the docks, have them call Dornan's and talk to Dornan's real quick. And he goes, I'm not going to do that. It's not my job. And I said, okay, so you're, you're going to keep us from going up there. I said, all right, let's just solve this problem. Let's solve the problem. I said, how about I go down there to the dock and buy permits for these boats. And he goes, can't let you do that. You've already come across the water. You've already, you've already broken the rules. And I was going, oh my gosh, this guy. And so I said, well, can you give me a ride in your boat down there and let me buy the permits? I won't paddle down there. And then you can give me a ride back to here. We will put the, the stickers on there and hopefully they'll, st they'll stick. And if not, we'll put them somewhere else in the boat that they will. I, you know, I said, let's just solve the problem. Nope, can't do that. I said, all right, listen, there's supposed to be a storm coming in this afternoon. I said, we. this is the only day. We've been planning this trip for three years, and this is the only day and night and next day we can do this. I said, will you please help me solve this problem? And he goes, you're just a troublemaker, aren't you? And, and my buddy Stan's you know, involved in this whole thing, too. And he goes, I think you need to go sit down over there. And then I'm going to question him, and he goes, "I need to separate you two. You know this. So this whole thing has just taken a right turn down just bullsh crap street. So he actually separates us on this beach like criminals. And he goes over there and questions Stan. And Stan goes, "What is going on, Dad? What? What are we? We've we've shown you everything. You won't go call Dornans. You want radio back to your the docks. Have them call Dornans and talk to somebody at Dornans. You know." And the guy goes, "You you guys are going to be get put under arrest." And I just we're just sitting there going, "What is happening, man? What is going on?" And so I I he finally goes. He goes, he writes us up tickets for like a hundred and seventy five bucks a piece, and he goes. I'm going to sit here until you guys turn around and go back to your vehicle over there. I said, you, you're, you're basically putting us in danger. 
And I said, if we pay the fines, go back down to the docks, come back up here and launch again and go across the water again with the proper stickers. And he goes, those aren't your boats. And I, he goes, you have to prove ownership of the boats. I just, I mean, about to pull my hair out at this point in time. And I just, I, I said, God almighty. And you can see this storm coming in from the west, coming over the, the hill right, over Shoshone back over there. Just this storm. You can hear the thunder crack. And, you know, all we're trying to do is get to our campsite and pitch a tent and ride the storm out and then go to Shoshone the next day and then paddle out. And it's like, Basically, this guy is putting us in danger, in harm's way when there is absolutely no need for it. So I look at Stan and everything else, and this guy writes us up these tickets, and it's just this little skinny kid. He's a young kid. It's just like, God, we get in the water, and we're paddling back to the truck. And, and he goes, God, that guy's just like Barney Fife. He's you know, digging around trying to find his bullet in his pocket or something. And it's just like, oh, my God. I, I, we just couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it that this guy just caused all these problems and would not help to solve any of the problems that he caused. And it's like, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me. So we get in the car, and I'm furious. I am absolutely furious. It takes a lot to get me pissed off, but that got me mad. I was mad at the guy at Dornan's, and I was mad at that kid. They're not your buddy. Everything we came up with to solve the problem, he came up with an excuse that he that it, we couldn't solve the problem that way. I mean, it just and I said, what is your idea? What is your idea? And he goes, I have no idea. You're not going tonight. You're, you're just basically done. You're finished. And it's like... Oh, my God. And this was in 1999. It's about 2000, I guess, right around there, 2005-ish, I guess, from somewhere right around through there. And uh, it's like, God, you've got to be kidding me. So we drive down, and I said, I'm going to go to the South Gate. So there's a ranger station, a little tiny ranger station in the South Gate down there. And I pull up to the ranger station down there, and I get in, Stan just sitting in the car all pissed off. He's drinking a beer, trying to get drunk at this point in time. And so I walk into the ranger station, and there's one guy in there, Really nice guy. God, this guy was just built like a brick crap house. I mean, this guy's shoulders are, you know, like a championship wrestler guy. I walk in the door, knock on his door, and I said, sir, can I talk to you for a second? And he goes, you must be Teddy Garland. And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes well, the first thing I'm going to do is say I'm sorry. And he goes, uh, I am sorry for the way my, uh, my employee acted, basically, and puts you in harm's way. And he goes, what can I do to solve that problem for you guys? And I said, well, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. And he goes, I've been hearing the whole thing on the radio. And I, he goes, I tried to radio over to Marina over there. And he goes, I guess he's out helping somebody at the end of Lewis Lake. There's a guy over there. And he goes, I guess he's out helping somebody launch a boat or he's doing something else. And he goes, I tried to get hold of him to get hold of him. And he goes, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. He just goes, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I am this, that should have never happened. He goes, as far as I'm concerned, you guys can go back up the road and launch and take off and I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. And I go, it's too late. It, it, you know, it's too late. We'd been screwing around with this thing by the time we paddled across the water, which is about an hour, hour and a half, and then an hour and a half back, and then about an hour on shore getting accosted. The storm had rolled, and it was already starting to rain and thunder. And I said, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go launch in that water now, because I wouldn't either. You're going, you're going to get caught out in a thunderstorm. Who wants to get caught out in a thunderstorm in the rain and everything else? And so. Uh, I was so mad. I was just absolutely furious. And 
So anyway, he just said, go ahead, and, and I'm sorry. And he goes, I, I said, well, I'm going to take the boats back to Dornan's, and we're just going to call it a day and and chalk it up to a, to an overzealous uh, park employee. And I said, you know, my buddy called him uh, Barney Fife, and he goes, that's pretty funny. He goes, that's about right. And he goes, and trust me, I'm going to have a long, long talk with him when he gets back in this evening. So we drive off, we're driving back down to Dornan's, down through the Tetons and everything else. Got these huge sea kayaks strapped to the hood of our car truck or whatever we're driving. I can't remember, but they're just got the ropes coming through the windows. It's raining. Drive back down to Dornan's down there, and there's Mr. Dornan, the guy that gave us the sea kayaks. And I pull up, and, and uh, he is helping somebody with a bicycle. And uh, he goes inside, and they're out there looking at these bikes, and he's about done with them. And I said, hey, Mr. Dornan, I told you, those boats have to have stickers on them. And he goes, no, they don't. And I said, well, the guy up there at the that on the lake that uh, basically arrested us, now we've got two $170 tickets to pay, begs to differ with you. And uh, he goes, what happened? And I told him what had happened and everything else. And he, he basically goes, well, that's not my problem. And I said, it is your problem. The whole thing is your problem. Everything that occurred on that trip is your problem. It's not my problem. It's your problem. And uh, I go, I want my money back. You know, I just, I just want my money back. And he goes, no. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, you know, without your problems, we wouldn't have a problem here. If those boats had st- stickers on them like I told you they had to have, then we would be good to go. We wouldn't be here right now if those boats were properly stickered to go in Yellowstone Park. I said, you could put it on the paddle handle, and that that works. And he goes, well, we stuck them on the boats, and they came off. Somebody brought them back without the stickers on the boats. It's like... Are you, you're just not getting through to me. And so he kind of, I said, listen, just give me my receipt back for my, my, uh, my credit card. Just, just give me your receipt back and I'll tear it up. Back then you had the, you wasn't electronic, you had the, you know, you slide the credit card back and forth over a piece of paper. So just give me my receipt back and I'll tear it up and I'll unload the boats. And he goes, no. I said, God almighty. And I said, I said, listen to me, you're, you're going to give me my money back. And I said, I, 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 and I hadn't been mad in like this in, 10 years. It takes a lot to rile me up, but this guy was riling me up. I'd been stands out in the car all pissed off. And he goes, you want me to help you unload those boats? And I said, no, those boats aren't going anywhere, dad, until I get that credit card receipt back. And so he just walks out and he starts talking to those of those fat family again. And just basically leaves me standing there with his kayaks tied down to the top of my car and won't give me my credit card receipts and wants to charge me the full two-day rental, even though we've only been gone six or eight hours in this whole melee. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm really, really furious, and he's very frustrating to talk to. And and so it finally comes down to a a situation where uh, we almost got into a fight and it came down to a situation that I'm not happy with. And uh, finally, finally, he he gives me my receipt. And uh, we unload those kayaks and uh, put them out in the grass right there and drive off and went to Jackson Hole and got drunk. That was basically it. And I used to tell exactly what happened in a podcast, but I'm not going to do that anymore. But, but yeah, that's the story of Stan and I's adventure across Lewis Lake right there. And we never made it up the channel, never made it up to Shoshone Lake or anything else, but I had been there before. And if you guys are thinking about doing that, all the information where you guys can kayak in front of the Tetons and everything else and get kayaks brought up here to you, all of that information where you guys can rent the proper equipment and everything you need to do that is written for you guys in the guidebook.
All right, I promise that's going to be the last story. There's there's just not a lot to see along this section of road, you guys. So I thought I'd throw a couple stories in here for you guys to keep you entertained. So the next thing you're going to come to right after Lewis Lake is Lewis Falls. And Lewis Falls is kind of a little cascade. I think it's about 60 feet tall, but it faces northeast. So the best place to see Lewis Falls is, is right from the road. So when you see the sign for Lewis Falls, and it's going to be on your right right there, just slow down and have somebody get their phone out and you get the camera set up and ready to go. Because right when you get to the edge of the bridge, you're going to see Lewis Falls right in front of you. And so that is the best place to see Lewis Falls from. If you park at the parking spot, you can't get back to it because you can't walk across the bridge. So take your picture from your car for Lewis Falls. And then quickly, you're going to get into the Lewis Canyon. Lewis Canyon kind of just appears on the left out of nowhere. And boy, I'm telling you what, it is a thousand feet deep. And it is just the road just hugs the edge of that canyon through there. It's really, really pretty and a, a gorgeous little drive through here. But as the Lewis Canyon begins to end, the road will kind of swing away from the canyon right there. And then it drives down for about two or three miles down a never-ending same slope grade almost all the way down to the south entry gate. And this is an interesting little section of road simply because you're driving down what is left over of the old Yellowstone volcano. The old Yellowstone volcano used to look like Mount Fuji in Japan with a really simple same slope grade going down in all directions on all sides. And everything behind this or back north behind you has been blown up already and it was uh, elevated up and it fell in on itself creating the Yellowstone caldera and everything behind you. But this is the first place you can actually see the old same slope grade coming down of the old volcano that used to sit over the top of Yellowstone Park. It's really, really interesting. And so you'll come way, way down through a long, long straightaway, and then quickly on your left, look for the turnout for Moose Falls, and you want to stop here. Moose Falls is really, really pretty. And not only is Moose Falls a really pretty stop, it's also a good swimming spot. And we list that in the swimming chapter in the guidebook for you guys and tell you how to do it and everything else and what the rivers are and everything else and that they're all thermally heated and all that yada, yada, yada. And uh, it's really a pretty, pretty spot. I'm telling you guys, if Moose Falls were up near Old Fateful or over by the Canyon area or one of those big main stops through the park, there would be 10,000 people a day stop at Moose Falls because it sits in an odd spot. I mean, everybody is just coming through the South Gate. The South Gate is just literally two blocks south of you, and they're just getting up to speed. They're just, you know, heading to, into the park. They're busting into Yellowstone Park. They finally got through the gate. They're heading up into the park. They're going to Old Faithful or wherever they're going, and they're just getting up to speed through there, and they just don't stop. And it, it's just in, in an odd, odd spot. But my family's been swimming at Moose Falls since the, God, the 1920s. And my granddad went there and took my dad there. And my dad took me there. All my friends from Jackson Hole, we used to go up there and swim in Basin Moose Falls all the time. And anybody that stops there from the guidebook always says it ends up being one of their best hikes. And it's also a good hike for little kids and all that information is in the guidebook for you guys. All right, you're going to continue on south about another um, 
quarter of a mile, half a mile, and boom, you're going to be at that south entry gate where I went in and talked to that ranger right there. And uh, the south entry gate, there's nothing to see right through there. Just zoom on through there. And then you'll proceed down a couple more miles, and then uh, before you know it, you'll see a road come in on your right, and this is the Grassy Lake Road. And it goes by different names, Grassy Lake Road, the Marysville Road, the Flag Ranch Road, because you're kind of sitting there at Flag Ranch. And it goes by all those names. You'll see all those names on different maps. But uh, in the hiking chapter of the guidebook, I go into some really, really great hikes along this section of road that hardly anybody even knows exists. But this section of road is basically the south road that goes right along the south edge of Yellowstone Park, kind of divides Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. And this drive in the fall is off the charts, man. With the, there's aspen trees along the entire length of it that are just unbelievable. And it's, and it's a real pristine area. The road's basically a dirt kind of gravel road for the majority of it. And uh, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's an absolute gorgeous drive. When the Aspens are turning in the fall, we always make a point to come and drive this road. You kind of start over there in Ashton, Idaho, which is at the southwest corner of Yellowstone Park in the seldom seen Beckler area, which is my favorite part of Yellowstone Park. And again, I cover all that in the guidebook and the hiking chapter in the guidebook. But along this section of road from, you know, from the road you're driving right now south of the gate there, you'll see that road spur in on the right right there. You're really quick to a couple killer hikes down to uh, Cascade Acres and Terraced Falls. I mean, these are just beautiful, short, in-and-out hike that goes down to these two little spots. It's like you're in an Olympic National Park. I mean, there's just ferns growing all over the ground, multicolored mushrooms. It's a beautiful area that hardly anybody even knows exists, but I cover all of that in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. So... And from the south gate on, you know, you're running into John D. Rockefeller Jr. Memorial Park and then right on into the Tetons. And that's where the guidebook takes over and tells you where you're going first, second, third, fourth, and where you're, what hikes you're doing in the Tetons and all that. So this is just a podcast. Listen in the guidebook to give you some more information about the roads you're driving on and a place for me to tell you guys some funny stories and all the stupid things I do in Yellowstone Park every now and then. All right, so that's it. You guys have made another one. And sorry, there's just not a lot to see on this section of road and trying to keep you guys entertained as you're driving down through here. And so just something fun to do and some fun stories right through there. And so and you guys got to remember these stories are not in the guidebook, especially these lengthy ones like that are in this podcast. Just these podcasts enable me to throw some fun stories in the guys and laugh at me, all the stupid crap I do up there. So that's it. The, the guidebook's the cake, and these uh, podcasts, just a little icing on the cake. All right, but thanks for making it to the end of this podcast, and uh, I really appreciate it when you do, and you guys can hear some funny stories along the way, and listen to those as you burn daylight, right, and driving down from uh, Old Faithful down to the South Gate and down through there. So, All right, well, thanks very much for making it to the end of this podcast and all the others, and really Remember, if you want to see me talking about this on our YouTube page, kind of a shortened version, you can go there and see the the kind of the gloss over of this podcast in there, and I probably won't tell as many funny stories and all that stuff to kind of shorten it up a little bit, but you guys can see me talking about this on our YouTube page. So, all right, thanks much. See you guys in Grand Teton National Park, and talk to you guys later. See you later.